Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Hey, hey, niggas ain't got respect. Niggas just got themselves. I put that top left. I love my Crody to death. Hype Williams, Lil X. If he don't say it direct, could give a fuck. Yo, yo. I put some ice on her hand. I let her take an advance. She wasn't going as planned. I put a shit in the van. She gotta move with a friend. Her, she went back to a man. Give a fuck. I just put a wagon in the driveway. You know I did. When I shoot my shot, it's the cold way It's going in. Me and love sick on sitting sideways. Breaking tense. Used to be an antisocial nigga. Now I'm making friends. I just got a mansion out in Turks and it's a beachfront. Okay. If she bringing four friends, I know I hit at least one. Got a mall tanning by the pool and they greased up. Police in my city, man. I keep their pockets greased up. Okay. Me and Capo trying to leave our mark in peace to East. Ain't nobody making too much money off the beef stuff okay. But I beef a rapper cause I'm never with the sweet stuff Shawty came from Mexico, she know she got the sweet stuff Hey, niggas ain't got respect Niggas just got accept I put that top left I love my crody to death Hype Williams, Lil X If he don't say it direct, could give a fuck Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence I'm your host, Jared Lawrence That was Drake, Pain, 1993, featuring Playboy Cardi off of that Dark Lane demo tapes. I guess it was like a mixtape or an album. I'm not sure, but I wanted, to, I wanted to switch it up. I don't know if I've ever played Drake on here, so let y'all know I got a little um, versatility in how I do things. Without further ado, though, let's get this show started. I have quite a few things I want to get to tonight. And you know what? Before I even start, let me just say uh, rest in peace, Bob Saget. Yeah, let's do a moment of silence for Bob Saget. Fellow Temple alum. So I definitely wanted to say that. Got the news last night that he had passed away. And um, ironically, it happened in Orlando at the Ritz-Carlton, which if you're from Orlando, you know that's it's over there with the JW Marriott off of John Young Parkway. So uh, very just very sad news to hear. I, I think um, so far there's no cause of death. It's kind of came out of left field. He was 65 years old, had just done a show in Ponte Vedra, which if you're not from Florida, that's over there near Jacksonville. And yeah, definitely wanted to just pay my respects to Bob Saget because you know what? Me being a Temple alum, whenever I used to tell people about Temple, I would always say, yeah, it's the home of Bill Cosby and Bob Saget. Like those were my two go-tos when I would say like who we had as far as celebrities that came from Temple. Not sure if I can say Bill Cosby anymore. Although um, we do have Tamron Hall now. Up and coming TV personality. Has her own talk show on NBC. So I guess I can switch her out with Bill Cosby. But yeah. Always going to remember Temple for having um, Bob Saget as an alum. And of course if, if you're like me. And you grew up in the 90s. You were born in the 80s. You grew up watching Full House. And that's where you remember Bob Saget from. House. Um, what else did he do? He did a few things. Oh, America's Funniest Home Videos, of course. Classic. Yeah, he was on a whole bunch of things from my childhood. So, man, it's just sad to, that we're going into the year like this, losing another person that we all know from growing up. Of course, we had Betty White who passed away right before the new year. That was sad. I believe that was on New Year's Eve when she passed away. So, those two right there, man. Tough losses for America. And as I say, as we get older, 
the people who are older are getting older. So it's probably not going to be out of ordinary to see a lot of deaths and stuff going forward just because I'm 38. So if I'm 38, that means the people from my childhood are getting older and it's just a part of life. We need to embrace it. Still sad, but it's just something that's going to happen as you get older. And it's something we need to learn to live with and embrace and be okay with. And just remember the good times and how these people made you feel. Uh, Bob Saget, a lot of laughs provided from him. So, yeah, rest in peace to him. Prayers to his family and everybody who's been affected by that. But the reason I was saying I'm recording, I'm recording today, which is a Monday. First of all, I was doing it like on a Thursday recently, but I'm trying to switch it to where I record on the weekend. So probably like a Saturday or Sunday is usually like my optimal time that I want to record on. However, um, we had a lot of NFL football this past weekend. The Steelers played on um, Sunday. And I was like, man, I don't want to record before the Steeler game because I'll probably say something that doesn't happen. Like, going into this week, I thought there was, like, pretty much a 0% chance we would make the playoffs. And if I would have came on here on Saturday and recorded an episode, it would have been very down and negative. And I would have said, ah, the Steelers aren't making the playoffs. The Colts are no way the Colts are going to lose to the Jags. So, uh, the the world, man, it has a funny way of acting sometimes. So, we go into the game um, against the Ravens yesterday, knowing that we need to first beat the Ravens to even have a chance, but then we need the Jags to beat the Colts. And I'm watching the Steeler game in the beginning. I'm just like, first of all, I was like not even really sure we could beat the Ravens just because our offense is atrocious. But I just said there was no way in the world a veteran team like the Colts would lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as you guys all know, the Colts found a way to lose to the Jaguars, and they didn't just lose. They got embarrassed. They lost twenty six to eleven. I think at one point it was like, it was like twenty six to three, maybe twenty three to three, something like that. And they end up losing that game. So then, of course, it comes down to the Steelers, which we knew in the fourth quarter that the Colts were pretty much done. So the Steelers and Ravens both knew, like, hey, you got to win to have a chance to make the playoffs. So the Steelers end up winning it in overtime, which I'm telling you, I was watching the game. I didn't think they had a chance. And you know what? I'm sorry, CBS, we got to talk about how CBS cut away from the Steelers in our Ravens game in overtime to go to the kickoff of the freaking, um, which game was it? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers. They cut away from our game to go to the kickoff. And I know it's like TV rights or whatever, but we got to find a way to make that not happen. This is like the most important game of the season. Everybody was into it. It was just a huge game with ramifications on the line and, they cut to Tampa Bay and Carolina, which Carolina sucks. Like, there was nothing on the line with that game. So, CBS, y'all got to do better. And then, first of all, I'm like, why is – I guess it's the – um yeah, I don't understand why the Tampa Bay and Carolina game was even on CBS because they're two NFC teams, and CBS is an AFC team channel. But I don't know. It didn't make sense, but I guess because it was week 18. Since it was week 18, they were doing something different. But it is what it is. Steelers ended up winning in overtime. So at that point, I'm like, oh, there's no way we're not in the playoffs at this point. Although they said if the Raiders and the Chargers tied at night, the Steelers wouldn't make the playoffs. But I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. I didn't pay any thought. So I just went about my day. I actually wasn't even watching the Raiders and Chargers game because I was like footballed out. I watched football all weekend, Saturday and Sunday. So I was just watching YouTube. And then my homegirl Amanda texts me and she's like, I'm so nervous. I'm like, girl, relax. We got this. 
And I'm, I looked at the score, and the Raiders were up by, like, two touchdowns. So I, I didn't think anything of it. And Amanda keeps texting me, like, all nervous and stuff. I'm like, what's going on? So I look, and the game is in overtime. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I'm, I'm slightly concerned at this point, but I'm still not I'm still not overly concerned. So at this point, though, I'm like, all right, let me just turn to NBC to see what's going on. So I turn the channel, and I'm like, I'll just finish it out. I'll watch the overtime. The game um, – the Raiders were up by a field goal when I turned it on. Chargers come back. They make it down the field. Matter of fact, on their drive, it was like a fourth and like 11, and they converted it. I was like, here we go. The BS is coming. So they go down the field. They make a field goal, and it's, it's tied up. I forgot what the score was. It was 23-23, something like that. So it was tied up. I think it was 23-23. If not, whatever. The Raiders come back down the field, and this is where it gets interesting. The Raiders are driving. And it looks like they're going for the win. But then the clock is also running. And at this point, when I think when the Raiders first got the ball, it was like four minutes left. And they eat up a lot of clock. Nobody's calling timeouts. So by the time they cross midfield, it's like a minute left. They run a couple plays with the running back, um, Josh Jacobs. And he's not really gaining too much, and the clock is still running. So at this point, the Raiders have the ball at, I want to say, like the 37-yard line which is like a 50-plus-yard field goal. So they run the ball, and they get um, – I forgot how many yards they get. But the, the clock is still running. So at this point, it just looks like they're going to run the clock out and go for the tie. Like, they're going to settle for the tie and go – and both teams make the playoffs. I have no idea what this dude was thinking, but the Chargers head coach – I forgot his name, something Bailey. He calls a timeout to stop the clock. I don't know why. He claims he was doing it to get his defense right to stop the run. But the Raiders looked like they were content on letting the clock run out. So this guy calls the timeout. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm kind of, like, freaking out at this point because it's, like, less than a minute left. So on the very next play, the Raiders run the ball. I'm thinking they're probably going to get stuffed. But the, the running back, Josh Jacobs, breaks a run for, like, 11 yards and gets them into, like, a, a reasonable field goal range. So at this point, it's like a 41-yard field goal. Much more reasonable than the 50-plus they were looking at. They bring the kicker in, and I'm just like, man, please make this field goal. Please make this field goal. The kicker makes the field goal, ends the game. Raiders win. Chargers are knocked out of playoffs. It was just a wild scene. Like, my nerves were worked so much. But like I said, it, the, it should have been a tie. It looked like the Raiders were content on letting the clock run out. For some reason, that Chargers head coach called the timeout and cost his team the playoffs, which if we're going to talk about the Chargers, can we also talk about how they fired Anthony Lynn, who was kind of average for them, but he was a decent coach to hire this guy who's just more average. I don't understand it when these teams fire these coaches and don't find anybody better. Like Detroit Lions, you fired Jim Caldwell, who was nine and seven, and you'd never been nine and seven since you fired him. And then the Miami Dolphins just fired their coach, um, Brian Flores, and I believe they were eight and eight. No, they were nine and seven this year. Miami Dolphins were nine and seven. They fired Flores, and they're probably not going to sniff nine and seven again either, unless they get Jim Harbaugh, which I've heard rumors of. But it just—I'm not understanding why these people fire their coaches for for having decent records. And then this, this is when the Steeler fans always complain about Mike Tomlin. They're like, "Fire Tomlin, fire Tomlin." Like, who are we going to get better? Who are we going to get that is going to make us? Um, winning every year because Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. So that's just something to ponder when you wanted your coach fired. Are you going to bring in somebody better? Most likely not. But 
I'm happy the Steelers won. I'm dedicating this episode to Ben Roethlisberger. We thought um, this was his final game, but he lives to see another day because he's supposed to be retiring at the end of this year, which I watched the Monday night game um, this past week in Pittsburgh. And that was a great game. Uh, they sent him off well there. The fans just, it was very emotional. And I'm, I've been one who said it's time for Roethlisberger to go, and I still stand by that. Like, he's just not the same player anymore, even in this game against the Ravens. I said it every week. The Steelers cannot really score more than 15 points in a game. They scored 16 yesterday. Like, they struggled to score. So, I definitely think we have to start over next year with somebody new. I don't think we have a chance against the Chiefs. I hope they prove me wrong, though. I hope I have to eat my words, but this team can't score more than, like, 15, 16 points a game. I don't see how they can beat the Chiefs. The last time they played, I believe it was, like, 30 to 10, so... The offense just looks very bad. Najee Harris is pretty much the only one carrying us right now. He hurt his elbow. He didn't even play most of the game. Deontay Johnson, though, really good wide receiver, but Ben just struggles to really get him the ball consistently and put him in positions to be like the game breaker he should be. He has a lot of catches, but he's just not getting a lot of yards off of the catches. So I don't think we can beat the Chiefs. I'm just going to say it now. Patrick Mahomes in that offense, I don't think we can beat him. We play Sunday night at 8-15, which I'm looking forward to because I'll probably be home all weekend watching football again. And then MLK is on MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Holiday on Monday, so I'm off. So I'm just looking forward to relaxing this weekend, having a three-day weekend. I'm going to probably come back and do another podcast Monday. And I wanna, I'm going to do something different Monday since it's MLK. I think I'm going to play, like, clips from his famous I've Been to the Mountaintops speech, uh, talk about it a little bit, play some of the highlights from that speech, because it's just a phenomenal speech, and I think there's – Parts of it that people need to hear. So I'll uh, probably do that. And then the Mac Miller tribute will be later in that week on the 19th. So look forward to that. But yeah, man, Steelers, you guys proved me wrong. Every time I think it's over, you guys just extend it a little bit more and play with my feelings. But I'm happy that they're in the playoffs. I'm happy for Mike Tomlin. Still never had a losing season. Drop a bomb for him. <laughs> I did not mean to do the Kawhi laugh there. <laughs> It is what it is, though, but all right. Let's get to some topics, though, outside of the Steelers. Apparently, the young Dolph killer, um, the guy who's accused of murdering him, they said they, they know who it is, a guy named Justin Johnson, uh, better known as Straight Drop, a rapper. Supposed to be, he was supposed to turn himself in today, and apparently he still hasn't turned himself in. He's shooting Instagram videos and stuff, and not really happening there. I'm trying to figure out, hey, how is this guy still eluding arrests? We need him off the streets, obviously, if he's killed somebody. But fascinating to me how he's just out here making videos and we haven't found him yet. But I don't think he'll be on the streets for long because uh, the feds are after him. And then when you start taunting them like that with these videos and you don't think they can find your location based off where you're posting. So I, I expect him to be found very, very quickly, very shortly. So I'd like to see uh, justice served there in the murder of young Dolph. Also going to do my Young Dolph tribute at some point, either in the next month or two, so look out for that. Uh, 2023, I've decided that I believe I'm going to go to video with my podcast. So I know everybody's been asking, like, when are you going to put it on YouTube? When are you going to put it on YouTube? I didn't really want to put just audio on YouTube, but I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? 2023, I, I'm going to find a way to probably start doing video. Maybe I can set a camera up in here. It'll probably just be like a little one-shot thing where you see me talking the whole time. 
not a lot of like when you watch like the Joe Budden podcast, Brilliant Idiots and all them on YouTube, you have multiple cameras in there. So you're getting shots of different things, guests in the studio. I'm not there on a production level yet. So it'll probably just be a shot of me in the studio, but you'll see like how I do things. And yeah, I'm looking forward to probably going to video in 2023, trying to grow the brand. I think it's time. Everybody's been asking. Gives you another option if you want to watch. Because I watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube instead of um, listening on the radio or on my phone. And I I get it. Like, sometimes you'd rather watch it than listen. So I didn't want you to sit there and look at a blank screen of audio. So I'm going to try to get a little video on YouTube. Look out for that. I don't know when in 2023, but I do want to do it at some point. Uh, Let me recap the New Year's real quick, too. Had a good time. Because I believe this is the first podcast I'm doing of the New Year, so. No, I did a podcast. I'm tripping. I did a podcast last week where I recapped the new year. So scratch that. We're not going to recap the new year. But I did go out last weekend with my friends. The crew was out. My boy Josh was in town from New Mexico visiting. Hadn't seen him in a couple years. So we all went out for that downtown. I didn't make it home till 4 in the morning. It taught me a very valuable lesson that I don't need to be out that late um, anymore. I don't. I didn't even drink. Because I'm not, I'm doing my dry January, so I didn't even drink. But just being out late, it throws off my whole schedule. Like, Saturday, I was struggling to wake up at a decent time. I ended up taking a nap for, like, three hours. I just got to stay to my old my old man's schedule, going to bed by, like, midnight, maybe 1 o'clock. Wake up by, like, 8 or 9 in the morning, maybe 10 a.m. on the weekend. But I need eight hours of sleep regardless. And going out till 4 a.m. is just not gonna help me achieve that so yeah i gotta be smarter about that but i did it because my boy josh was in town i went to hang out with them and then you know when you're with a group of friends who want to extend the night you end up being out late so that's what happened to me but i had a good time nonetheless oh i want to update y'all on uh kayla kayla and dominique i want to update you guys on because i don't know when i'll ever get them on here to tell their stories but i'm gonna just tell y'all this dominique Ended up getting with the guy that we talked about when we had her on last year. The guy that took her on the expensive Valentine's Day dates that I said she was going to end up being with. Ended up getting together. And Dominique is engaged now. Now, I talked to her. I did talk to her Saturday. And I want to get her back on at some point because she needs to tell her truth. She needs to speak her truth. And apologize to me too for not believing me when I said she was gonna end up with him but just want to give you an update on that Dominique is engaged and she has a boyfriend now and then Kayla who last time you heard from her said she was single slash relationship she is no longer single slash relationship Kayla is relationship I don't know if it's official I don't know if she's come out and said it but uh judging by her Facebook activity on Christmas she posted a picture of her and her man kissing so I'm gonna call that a relationship And Jarrell, my cousin, um, you're the Green la- is not a creative color. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hit the wrong one. Jarrell, my cousin, you are the last man standing. <laughs> you need to just go ahead and lock it up, Jarrell, because I'm starting to think that maybe we all need to be in a relationship. I'm just, maybe that's what it is. Because I feel like we all want to play that singleness and we all swear we're happy single. But maybe when you find that right person. You want to be in a relationship, a committed relationship. That's something I'm about to ask Kayla about too. Like, 
is it monogamous or is it open? I'm, I'm going to have to get to the bottom of that one, but I will say it's a relationship. And I believe she'll say that too at this point. And you know what? Maybe I need to be in a relationship the way everything's going, but I've decided I'm not dating till the summer. So we'll wait to see what happens in the summer, but maybe relationships are what we all need in life right now. The world is just going crazy. The Omicron is out here moving wild. There's so much violence in here. People are dying left and right. Maybe you need somebody like just to comfort you and hold you down in these tough times and trying times. So I'm not mad at anybody who decides they want to be in a relationship. I'm, I'm going to support you guys no matter what you decide to do. And we'll see what my future holds. And Jarrell, <laughs> man, I, would talk, I, I tell Jarrell this all the time, though. I mean, and his girl or, or whatever he wants to call it, she's a very good person. I feel like he just needs to go ahead and lock that down and just end up being like Kayla and her man, man. Just decide that's who you want to be with because – it's, it's kind of like with Mike Tomlin, with the coaching thing, where like I'm like, everybody wants to fire Mike Tomlin, fire Mike Tomlin. What else there is? What's better out there? All right, if you have somebody that's like really loyal to you and treating you well, don't just assume the grass is greener on the other side because it might not be better out there. So that's just food for thought. Um, but like I said, I'll try to get them on at some point to talk about how um, their relationships are going. Oh, I need to talk about Antonio Brown. Did I talk about Antonio Brown? I don't think I did. So Antonio Brown. Now I feel like I did talk about Antonio Brown. Hold on. Let me think about this. Yeah, I think I did talk about Antonio Brown. So <laughs> I got to get my topics right. I believe I did talk about him last week. But I guess there's more information from that Antonio Brown situation. And at this point, I don't know what's going on with this man's life, but it's hard for me to defend everything he's doing. Um, I try to see both sides of the situation. But the way he's just been acting is very erratic. I'm not going to say it's mental health. But I do think some of this was planned. I think he knew what he was doing. And I think both sides are probably right somewhat. I think the Bucks probably were right a little bit in what they said about him quitting and not or being unhappy about his targets. And I also think he probably was legitimately hurt, but with the right amount of money, would have played through it. And now there's no money for him, so I wonder if he regrets it. Um, we have the national championship game tonight, too, which I was like, should I wait to do the podcast tomorrow after this and talk about it? But I don't even have cable, so I'm not even going to watch the game, but we have Georgia versus Alabama tonight. I'll just do a quick prediction. Um, I... I think I said Michigan was going to beat Georgia and then Georgia just completely destroyed Michigan. So after seeing that, even though Alabama looked good against Cincinnati, I think I'm going to roll with the Bulldogs tonight. I'm going to go with Georgia. That defensive line is just insane that they have. The linebackers look like they all run 4-3. The pressure they put on the quarterback, though. And then Stetson Bennett showed me something in that last game. I said it was going to fall on Stetson Bennett. He was either going to be the hero or they were going to hate on him. Stetson Bennett looked really good if he plays like that again. They beat Bama. So I'm going to predict Georgia to beat Alabama tonight. I'll say 23-20. There's been a lot of 23s in these games lately. So I'll, I'll say 23-20. to 20. Yeah. I think Georgia finally gets over the hump because I don't even know. Have they ever won a national championship? So I, I, I do want to see them even just get a win. That That's a storied program, and they haven't really won 
Um, shout out to Larry. He's a big Georgia fan. So I, I'd like to see. Whenever I know my friends are like big fans of a team, I usually root for them. I remember when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl that year. I rooted for them to beat the Patriots because of Domain. And they did beat the Patriots. And that was just a great thing to see. I love that, like, if I can't see my team win, I'd like to see my friends' teams win. Makes me happy. Oh, speaking of teams, Portland Trailblazers, I think we got to shut Damian Lillard down. Uh, this abdominal thing he's dealing with right now, I don't, I don't see it getting better. I think we shut him down for the rest of the season. I would say tank, but the Blazers being the Blazers, traded their uh, first-round pick to the Bulls last year as part of this uh, Derek Jones trade that we gave the Bulls. It was like a three-team deal for us to get Larry Nance, so I don't think we get the first-rounder unless it's top five. It's protected, so if we tank, we got to tank right, and I don't even know if we could do that right. I feel like we tank, we're going to end up with like the 10th pick or something and then lose it. But with the Blazers, yo, Anthony Simons looks really good right now. I'm cool with letting Lillard sit because I want to see – I want to get more out of Simons at this point. He's looking really good. Want him playing more. He had like 43 points in a game last week. Then he followed up with a 31-point game last night. He looks good. I still think we need to trade CJ because Simons to me looks like the future at this point. So I'd like to keep him. Let's get a piece for CJ. If we can get Jeremy Grant, that's probably the move that needs to be made. And then um, see what we want to do about Lillard. If he wants to get traded, I mean, I'll request whatever he wants to do. But if if, if this abdominal thing is real, I don't even see what's the point of trading him this year because he's not playing unless he's magically going to be healed if he goes to a contender, which is possible. But I don't know. We'll see how that one goes. I've run through these topics pretty quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more topic, but I'm going to probably need a little bit of time on this one. So let me just set the stage, all right? Last night, I went to Taco Bell. I know what you guys are saying. I know what you're saying. Jared, you said you're never going back to Taco Bell because it always messes your stomach up. I know, I know. And like you guys who can't stop going back to women that you don't need to deal with or women who can't stop going back to men you don't need to deal with, I go back to Taco Bell. So the reason I was like even thinking about Taco Bell is because I swear, all weekend, I kept seeing commercials for Taco Bell. I don't know if it's their advertising. I don't know if it's the 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 country spying on me or my phone. I don't know what it is, but I promise you, I saw like 50 Taco Bell commercials during these football games this weekend. Then I read an article that they had wings. So all I kept thinking all weekend was, I want Taco Bell. I want Taco Bell. I want to try these wings, and I want to get some burritos. So I went there last night. I uh, pulled up to the Taco Bell. The line is wrapped around the corner. They're at least 10, 15 cars deep. So I was like, I'm not dealing with this. I, I parked my car. I walk up to the door. I'm like, I'm going inside. You guys are all idiots sitting in this driver's line. Walk up to the door. It's it's locked. I try to pull it. I get the resistance. I was like, oh, I'm the idiot. You guys are actually smart sitting in the drive-thru line. So then I go back to my car, but I'm like, I'm not going in this freaking Taco Bell line. It's too long. Pause. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the other Taco Bell on the other side of town. Because where I live at, it's like 15 minutes to get around the whole city. So I get in the car like I'm going to the other Taco Bell. And then, you know, when you just start, like, contemplating and thinking about it. So I'm at the light to make the turn. I'm just thinking, like, yo, by the time I get to that other Taco Bell, I probably would have made it to this drive through line. So I'm like, man, let me just go back, take the L, get back in the line. So I go back, and U-turn, go all the way back to the Taco Bell. And, of course, when I get back there, the cars that I would have been behind are like five or six cars up now. So I'm starting from the back. 
I'm in the the end of the line. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just take the L. I'm going to accept it. This was my fault. I should have just stayed in this line to begin with. And the line is moving slow. I'm listening to some Makami. If you know, you know. Pray for Haiti. Great album. So I'm listening to that. I'm in the drive-thru line. And then I get, um, it takes me about 15, 20 minutes just to even make it to the to the window. No, to the, what's it called? The, the place where you order. The screen. So I finally get to the screen. And the lady's like, hey, how can I help you? I kid you not. I get one one thing out. I say, can I get the um, the veggie burrito? The veggie fiesta burrito. She's like, oh, hold on a second. I'm just like, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. So she puts me on hold in the middle of my order. So that's like another five minutes. Then she's like, all right, can I help you? So I start over. Can I get the veggie fiesta burrito? Oh, hold on real quick. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But you know what? I, I am very patient, especially when it comes to fast food, because I know how these workers are. They're overworked, underpaid, stressed out. So I'm as patient as can be. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll hold on. Another five minutes. So then she finally comes back. Can I help you again? So this time I'm trying to, like, strategize how I'm putting this order. And I'm like, all right, every time I just give her one and pause, she puts me on hold. So this time I start reading the order. I blah, blah, blah. Like, I ordered the Veggie Fiesta burrito, the bean burrito, the burrito, the Supreme, burrito Supreme. And then I throw the wings in there. I, I just get it all out the way. And she's still kind of going slow, like, taking the order. But it finally gets inputted. And then she's like, all right, pull forward. So as I pull forward, it takes about another 10 minutes to get to the window from where you ordered to the window to pay. And I'm just like, man, this is a rough night. but. I'm already committed at this point. I'm in the line. You can't really get out of the line once you're in there. So I'm just trying to be as patient as can be. I finally get to the window. When I get to the window, she's like um, 16, whatever, which I'm already thinking, damn, that's kind of high for four things, but whatever. I know the prices have gone up because they want to pay the workers. I'm not mad at that. I feel like if you go to fast food, you got to accept whatever they're charging. So I'm like, cool. I give her my credit card. She takes the card. Um, and then like the windows open this whole time too. So she, the car, she goes away and I'm just like, all right, I'm trying to be patient. I'm just watching. Like, oh, yeah. Do is hand me the bag and the card back. I thought, you know, we're good, but this takes like another five to 10 minutes. So I'm like, what is going on? So I'm looking in the window, trying to like get a little peek on what's going on in there. What's their operation. Um, how y'all running things. Maybe you don't have the proper order organization The you know, maybe the setup ain't right. Maybe you're running like a West coast offense when you need to be running a spread. I don't know. I'm talking football terms right now, but all of a sudden I see the lady grab her purse and I don't know what she says, but she has her purse in her arm. So I'm like, is she about to go take a break in the middle of this transaction? <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm still watching. I'm a little astonished at this whole thing. So she just grabs her purse and walks out. So I'm like, damn, maybe she just needed a break. I understand. I've been there before, you know, stressful times. So then at that point, it just goes like quiet. Like nobody's coming to talk to me. Nobody's telling me what's going on. I'm just sitting in my car, twiddling my thumbs. I have no idea what's going on. Another like five minutes goes by. Finally, a black lady comes up to the window 
She grabs my bag of food, which I was like, yo, that's all y'all had to do in the first place. Just grab the bag. Grabs the bag, goes and hands me the bag. And I'm like, oh, thank you. But uh, I'm like, I still haven't even got my credit card back. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, yeah, that lady just, she just walked out. And I'm like, damn, she quit? She's like, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, damn, man. Like, I told her, too. I was like, y'all, I hope it gets better. I understand, y'all. I understand how y'all are feeling. So I just hope it gets better for you. Try to give her some words of encouragement. And I, I was on my way after that. But I couldn't help but think, like, the whole ride home. Like, wow, I've never, I've never been to a restaurant, fast food, or anything where I've seen I've, I've never seen somebody quit in the middle of their shift or in the middle of a transaction. Cause like I said, I gave her my credit card. This lady quit before even giving me the card back. I might have to check it to make sure they ain't like double charge me and all that. But it was just fascinating to me. And it just got me to thinking like, what is going on in the fast food world where you would be to that breaking point where you feel like you need to quit in the middle of the transaction? So I start asking myself the question. I'm like having conversations with my friends in our group chat. I'm telling them what happened. And I'm like, yo, I think the fast food industry is in trouble. I think they are looking at a bigger problem than um, we think. We all are talking about like, oh, nobody wants to work. Everybody's lazy, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's the problem. I don't think it has anything to do with laziness. I think a few things happen. And that's why I said I need a little bit of time for this topic because I want to I want to dive deep into this. So one, I think when the pandemic hit, it showed everybody because a lot of people were home, they were getting unemployment. And for some of us, it was a good amount. And I think that showed you like, yo, I can get more than what I'm getting at my like raggedy job. So a lot of people felt like, yo, when I go back to work, the standards are higher now. Like I want a better paying job. I don't want to deal with all the stress. So I feel like when people went back to work, they looked in other industries. I don't think it's that people were lazy and don't want to work. I think people are working. I just think they're working in different places than where they used to work. That's, that's the one, that's one thing in this whole argument. So maybe you went from fast food to retail. Maybe you went from fast food to, uh, what's it called? We work at the hotels, hospitality. Like you did something different. Or maybe those people went somewhere else. But I think a lot of people left fast food. In addition to a lot of people leaving fast food, I think another problem that a lot of people don't talk about is, and you can look at it when you go to a lot of these fast food places, is not a lot of high schoolers or college students really working at these fast food jobs like you used to see. I think the only place that you really see the high schoolers and the college students like in their deep, Chick-fil-A. I don't know what it is about Chick-fil-A. I mean, I worked there in high school too, but it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they pay that great, but maybe, maybe just cause you get that free lunch, like that free chicken sandwich for your lunch and all that. Maybe that's enough to get the high schoolers there, but I don't know what it is, but every time you go to a Chick-fil-A, you guys can pay attention to this next time you go to Chick-fil-A, just pay attention to how many young people are in there working, how many people they have. Not only do they have a lot of high schoolers and college students in there working, Chick-fil-A staff is like at least 20 people in there too. That's another thing. Whereas I feel like Chick-fil-A is a little bit above these other places because Chick-fil-A just has so many workers. Whereas you go to some of these other places, you don't see like the Wendy's. I mean, not the Wendy's, the Taco Bell I went to last night might've had like three workers and then that lady quit. So then they're down to two. 
and the drive through like I said, is wrapped around the corner. So imagine the pressure of getting all these orders out where people, and I've talked to people who are like, they look down on fast food workers and they're like, all you're doing is preparing food, blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you, let me tell y'all, as somebody who's worked at different fast food restaurants, that job is just as stressful as working at an office or any of these other quote unquote real jobs. The, the stress of a fast food environment is nothing like it. And that's why I respect them so much. And I feel like they should be paid what they, um, what they want the 15 or whatever. Cause even though the work doesn't seem like they're doing hard work, it's the volume. They're doing that work at a higher volume and it's just very stressful. Trust me. Like you just look at the, the look on these fast food workers faces. When you go in there next time, they look very stressed out. So I say all that to say, like when I, when I talk about the volume, one of the problems I think, and this is something nobody's talking about. And this is why you listen to keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. This is, this is the main reason you guys listen to this show. Cause I always look at things in a way that you probably haven't heard before. So when I talk about the fast food industry, the biggest issue I think they have is the online orders and the mobile orders all this digital crap. Now, my cousin Kenya told y'all the Unabomber, he tried to tell us. If you watch that Unabomber documentary on um, Netflix, this dude's blowing up all this stuff back in the day because he hated where this world was going with technology. And if you look at where we're at now with technology, it's really good at times, but it's also really bad at times. And the reason I think that this technology is a problem with the mobile orders and the online orders is it's too much demand. It's too much demand and you don't have enough workers to keep up with the demand. And that's why they're getting stressed out and burned out. And that's why I think the fast food industry is in trouble. It's not because the workers are lazy. It's the demand. Like imagine, you can, there's so many articles about this. If you look at it, like Chipotle has had mad articles where I think there was one article where they said they had like a thousand mobile orders in like an hour and they couldn't keep up. And that's a problem when you think about it. Like, it's a problem when you guys, like, just think about when you worked in fast food. You might have seen maybe 50 customers in an hour. That was a busy time. The lunch rush. So you're doing 50 orders, but you're you're taking them. And when you're taking the order at the register, that gives the other person time to prepare it. It's a whole setup. Even the drive-thru. When you say it in the window, it gives them time to prepare it. By the time you get to the window... It's prepared. It's ready. But when you're doing it online, plus you're dealing with the people in person that are doing their orders, you don't really have time to do both and put those mobile orders together, especially when you're getting hit with like 50 in an hour, a hundred thousand, whatever you're getting. It's hard to do that. Plus the in-person stuff. So it's doubled the workload of these workers, these same workers that you don't want to pay. But you're doubling their workload, not to mention the company is probably doubling the profits. That's another thing we don't look at when we talk about they don't deserve the 15 an hour. How much extra is these, are these companies making now due to the increased um, orders they are receiving? So that's a, this is just stuff like food for thought, things for you guys to ponder when you think about the fast food industry. And maybe you'll look at these workers a little differently. Because I'm telling you, man, that mobile order game is changing everything. And... Everybody's like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, they should be lucky they have a job. Honestly, 
I think the way fast food is heading right now is they are in trouble until the robots come. They're going to need those robots to start preparing food because these regular workers, like the people, are going to be quitting these jobs because they cannot handle it anymore. And that's going to be something to look look at going forward. Just pay attention to how we move forward with this. Like I said, we got the mobile orders. And then you got other companies like Grubhub, Uber Eats. These are, these are companies that are not only doing mobile orders, but they are their own brand. So they're undercutting the uh, price of what these other companies, the profit they would make if they did deliveries themselves. So now you're getting undercut on the prices. It's just, it's a lot. I'm not a fan of the online stuff. I'm old school. I know I just prefer in person. Maybe these companies need to start doing their own delivery services. But yeah, these mobile orders worry me. They scare me. Like I said, I think the pandemic woke people up and I don't see it getting better for the fast food industry until the robots come. Also, they are understaffed. They are definitely understaffed for the amount of work or amount of orders they are getting for food. So just some, some food for thought there, something to ponder. But I felt really bad when I went there. And the lady quit mid-shift. And it just made me think, like, how bad does it have to be for you to quit in the middle of taking my credit card? And she was probably doing the headset, too. Like, this lady was probably doing a lot of different things. And that's somebody who's worked drive through before. When you're taking the orders on the headset, plus you're collecting the money, like, it can be a lot. It can be a lot. Um, when I worked at Fazoli's doing that, we would have somebody backing you up on the headset. But when you're by yourself and it gets busy, it is stressful. So I say pay them what they want. I am all for the $15 minimum wage. I think they deserve it. I don't think you guys should look down on these people who are making a little bit more money. It's just, you know, we just all have to be more understanding as a country and just want, we should want better for everybody. Like, why do you want to see somebody struggling? I will say everybody should be working. There should be nobody without a job. I uh, wholeheartedly believe that because I feel like everywhere is hiring. And I always say this, like when I see the white homeless people, I'm sorry, like I'm not giving y'all money anymore because you can go get a job at Subway. I told y'all about the lady at McDonald's who's there with the sign right across the street from where it says now hiring. And I'm just like, fam, you are white. You have white skin. You can walk in there and get hired on the spot. They are so desperate right now. Even that Taco Bell, I guarantee you, that Taco Bell would have hired me straight out the drive-thru if I offered to work there. I guarantee it. So hopefully it gets better. I don't see it getting better. And I really don't have much else to, to talk about right now. Like I said, I'll come back on. Um, I will come back and do another episode after the Steeler game. So probably Monday. Talk about it because it'll probably be too late to do it on Sunday night. And then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Martin Luther King Day, play some clips of that speech. If you've never listened to it, I would just encourage you to go listen to it. If not, I'll play like highlights of it. But I've been to the mountaintop. Classic, classic speech. It should be in every school, honestly. Um, And then to end the show, I will leave you guys with some Tyler, the creator. His album's super dope. If you haven't heard it, call me if you get lost. I'm going to play this song called Corso. Yeah. So this is Keeping Real with Jared Lawrence. I will be back next week. You
Some. I might buy a boat. Depends if Capri got space, don't really need one. I could go on the one at time, baby. I believe some. Find another nigga like me, cause I ain't seen him. Pull up in that uh, whatchamacallit. Played a couple demos at Madison Square Garden. And tell them motherfuckers that Sony, I'm not calling. I'm plotting on the Billy Chili in my garden. Yo. Baby. <laughs> I tried to tell y'all. I don't even like you, 